Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you, God, for those that have come out and fellowship and worship with us this day. We ask that you will continue to bless them and keep them. And Father, as we prepare to look into your word, we ask that the revelation will show us the direction that we should go, but most of all, God, that we will worship you in the truth of your spirit and that we will worship you in the power of your glory. So we thank you and honor you, God, as we continue to look into your amazing grace and its effect in our lives. We thank you, we bless you, and honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. We are now on the third episode of our series, Amazing Grace. And we were talking previously about how folks like to take grace and put it into a compartment so that we can know that you are living under grace. They set up these structures, these requirements in order for you to prove that you're operating under grace. And we, you're using the book of Galatians as our foundation to, to look at this because the people of Galatia were actually going through this situation. They were not Jews, but the folks that were Jews that were Christians decided to come in and decided to tell them that the way that they were living as Christians was not the right way to live. That they had to follow after the law in order for them to be real Christians. And so Paul now has to explain and expound to them why that is not true, that we're not wrapped around the law because we're going to look at today and see that the law's purpose is to show us where we fall short. And so today we're going to be looking in Galatians, the third chapter. And in Galatians, the third chapter, we're going to start at the first verse. And we got a couple of scriptures to read today, so just hang along with us and see how this comes out. The bottom line that Paul wants to bring out is that it's by faith that we have salvation. And then because this faith has caused us to be redeemed, to be saved, it then leads to us operating and having good works. Believing, having faith in Jesus secures our salvation and then changes the way that we behave at work and at home. And so it's not about us doing these things just because it's having this interdrive, this internal drive that causes us to go forward and to do the things appropriately. Galatians, the third chapter, starting at the first verse, using the English Standard Version. Paul starts off with, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? 
It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Number two says, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? I got to stop right there because, you know, Paul doesn't start. He's like, listen, I done talked to y'all for two chapters, the third chapter. Why have you allowed folks to say things in your ear that you know are not true? Why have you done this and you've allowed this to happen? Now you're confused. There shouldn't be any confusion, but you even had the opportunity. You saw because when Paul stood before them, he was explaining to them that the reason that you see these lashes on my back, the reasons that you see these bruises on my face, this knots on my that I do is a representation of what Christ has done for us. So they had actually somebody that was going through because he was proclaiming Christ having physical marks representing Christ. See, so one of the things that they used to do back in those days, they used to put these placards on the wall. And, you know, it had this proclamation of, you know, this person coming to town or this, that, and the other. And so when Jesus was uh, killed, they actually posted. It talked about how uh, over his head they had the thing that said that this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And they had it in all these different languages. So this was something that was posted all around. People knew about this execution. And he's saying, so it was before your eyes, you, you knew this happened. I've even been able to witness to you and explain it to you. And he says, with that being said, let me just ask you one question. Did you receive the spirit by your actions or did you receive it by faith you heard what was said and it activated faith in your life the third verse it says are you so foolish having begun by the spirit are you now being perfected by the flesh does that even make sense to you that we know that there's no good thing that dwells in the flesh so how can the flesh make us perfect did you suffer so many things in vain he says in the fourth verse if indeed was it in vain five says does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith. How, how, does this, how does this happen? Does it happen because of the work that you've done? Or does it happen by hearing with faith? And we know in Romans, Paul said that our faith cometh by hearing 
and hearing by the Word of God. Now, the word hearing is this word that it's conditional that means a continuous, repeated, uh, like a rote type of situation where it's hearing over and over and over and over and over again. I remember if somebody starts saying A, B, C, D, E, F, G, automatically a lot of folks in their mind all because you've heard it over and over and over and over. And some of y'all still trying to finish up the song even while I'm going on because it becomes something that becomes something that you're confident in because you've heard it over and over and over again. And there's nothing that came in and said that, oh, no, those, those letters are not the right way to say it. This is the way that it is to be said. So this hearing, this faith is established because you kept hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. And he says, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, I want to make a good point right here. It does not say because Abraham went where God told him to be. It doesn't say any of that. It says because he believed God and because he believed God, then he went to the place where he had never been before. You see what I'm saying? Because he believed God and because he believed God, God said, you are in right standing with me and I'm going to bless you. No, number seven says, no, then that is a, it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Now, I want to point something out. You know, Abraham was before Moses. Abraham was before Moses, so that means Abraham was before the law, because the law came via Moses. So he's saying that before the law, this point of hearing, walking by faith, was established. So it has... <laughs> a longer duration than the law itself. And so believing, trusting in God is more relevant than following after the law. <coughs> and so look at this, and it says, and the scripture in number eight says, seeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. Now look at, see, you got see, Paul was very, very strategic in how he, he worked this. Because the Judaizers were saying that you had to follow the law in order to be a Christian. In order to be in right standing with God, you had to follow the law. But Paul's bringing forth this fact. He says, listen, it says in the scriptures, in you, Abraham, all the nations 
shall be blessed. Yes. Now all means all. He's not just talking about the children of Israel. He's talking about all the nations are going to be blessed because of the standard of faith that Abraham showed in pursuing what God had set before him. So this kind of messes up, and, that's, and this is the point that Paul's bringing out. He's saying, why did y'all let these folks get into your head and cause you now to think that you conf- you're not confused? You know what has been told you. You know what it needs to be said and done. Because I have explained it to you thoroughly. But he's breaking it down because he's got to also show these Judaizers that, listen, that, that you're wrapped around is not what this is about. This is why grace it's so amazing because it's not wrapped around performance. It's wrapped around what Jesus did in order to reconcile us back into the Father. Mm, mm, mm. And so then he says, so then in verse number nine, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And you want to look at what faith is all about, what faith does, you look at Abraham. Abraham is the foundational example of faith. He hears this voice from God. God tells him to go and he trusts God enough to go and do. He walks in the promise that he is going to be the father of many nations when he doesn't even have children. He walks with God in the middle of the day and God says, you see all this sand on this seashore? You're going to have more people than the sands of the sea. He's walking around at night. He says, you see the stars in the sky. You're going to have more people than the stars in the sky. Now, us analytical folks would be like, but wait a minute. He got to have one in order to get the many. But Abraham didn't walk, didn't, uh, walk around. He didn't move around. His mind didn't focus on what the current situation is. He trusted what God said and saw in his mind what God said was going to happen. So he knew that this thing was going to happen because God told him and he trusted him. And God says, because you trust me, I am saying that you are in right standing with me. And because you're in right standing with me, now your actions are going to coincide with what we have discussed. That's why I was accounted unto righteousness, because he believed God wholeheartedly. He's like, if you said it, I'm going to walk and operate in it, and it's going to happen. And it didn't happen the next day. It didn't happen at the next minute. It didn't happen the next week. Some years later, as he got older, everybody else is looking at him like, what, is, what are you talking about? But he still trusts God. And because of that, 
he became the father of our faith. Verse 10 says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. So wait a minute, Judas Isaac, just uh, hold on, hold on. Do you realize that the purpose of the law is to show how deficient that you are so that you are now under a curse? For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and to do them. So if you want to follow the law and you don't do everything in the law, you are under the penalty of failing the entire law. So if that's what you want to follow, you are already cursed. Especially us today, I heard somebody say, you know, most of, most of the clothes, the law said that our clothing should only be of one material. And but, but, but with everything that we wear today, if you want to follow the law, you're in violation already. Just something simple like that. And if you're in violation of one thing, you violated the entire law so you're cursed and so he's saying you don't have to be cursed if you do it the way that god says to do it if we are to walk by faith it says now in 11 he says now it is evident that no one is justified before god by the law isn't that something god gave us the law not in order to see how we perform, but to reveal to us a need to depend upon him for redemption. There's nothing that we can do that can make us right before God. And so what God says is, he says, I'm using this law so that you will see that you need to depend upon me. But we kind of twisted it and said, this is how I look right because I'm following this portion of the law. However, there, Mr. Smart Alec, you didn't follow these things, so you are actually guilty of the entire law because you didn't do all parts of the law. That would just be frustrating. You think you did A, B, C, E, F, G, and because you forgot D, you didn't do A, B, C, or E. That's like you taking a test and you missed one question on the test, and end up failing the entire test. See, I knew that one would hurt somebody. Y'all educated people, y'all know how that is. You've done, I, I passed 99 of these 100 questions and still got an F, got a zero. 99 of the 100 questions and still get a zero. Yeah, uh, yeah, I let that one sink in. It says, the, he says, now it's evident that no one is justified before God by the law. And this is what he says. He says, the righteous shall live by faith. Not by your works, not by your actions, but you live by faith. Confidence. Knowing that God is going to do what he said he is going to do. It says, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. 
help, let me help you with that. You're not, if you're trying to live the law, if you're trying to do this performance and trying to make it look like you're perfect, that is showing your imperfection. Because if you want to live the law, then that means you have to do the law. And we've already heard that the law is cursed. So the portion of the law you're walking in being cursed. Now, when God said that he's not saying that he's going to curse you, he said the result of the law causes you to be cursed. Isn't that something? You're trying to do this thing by works. Flesh will not get you into right standing with God. But then he wants then he brings this in and we're going we're going to wrap this thing up in just a couple minutes. It says number 13 he says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. How did he do that? By becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So because Christ was hanged on a tree, we discover that he was not cursed, but he became a curse. He, be, he was not sin, but he became sin in order to redeem us. He became what needed to be in order to redeem us back to God. That is the whole thing. If you ever read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I love referring back to that because when the witch thought she had won because she had killed Aslan and they was all celebrating, Aslan said, yes, the law said, Anyone who was put, placed on the altar and killed will die. But she did not know what was written before time began. Before time began, it says that those that were sacrificed on the altar that did not have a transgression would be redeemed. So Jesus became our redeemer because he did what we could not do. He became sin for us. He did not become a sinner. He became sin. He became the tarnishment. He became the separation between us and God so that he could redeem us back to God. So then in verse 14, so Paul finishes up like this. He says, so that in Christ, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentile. What was the blessing of Abraham? The blessing of Abraham was his faith was accounted unto him for righteousness. It's not money. It's not cars. It's not houses. That's not the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is the fact that he believed God when there was no reason to believe. God counted to him for being in right standing with him and to being righteous with him and to justifying who he was and who he is so that we could know, so that we could know that everything would be all right. We know that 
It is by our faith that we are established. It's by our faith that we can operate in the power of who God is in our lives. So he finishes up and says, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. The Bible tells us that everyone, everyone receives the spirit of God when they accept Christ by faith for their salvation. And we have to accept that by faith. And we just talked about that faith then establishes our right standing with God. And because it establishes our right standing, it then provides us with the conduit to hear and to operate under the direction of God. And so that ties us all up as we come to this end of this episode. It brings us to the sticky note. Our sticky note, which is what I think is the pertinent point of the message for the day that I want you to take with you, is this. Your conduct reflects your heart position. 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 So many of us look at how we can do things and we try to do the do these things in order to prove that we are serving God. But what that shows is that our heart is not really towards God. And let me explain to you how that can be so. Because our faith, our confidence that God is going to do what he says he's going to do causes us to act. If we act in order to prove what God is doing, then we have it backwards and twisted. So our heart position should be dictating because the position of our heart should be faith and confidence that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Confidence that God's spirit dwells in us and is compelling us to live a life that is showing God's love, his grace, his mercy, his peace, his loving kindness, his goodness. We call it the fruit of the spirit that it manifests in us not because we are working it because of what is in us and how we want to reflect God's glory God's love to those that are around us we wrap ourselves so much around how we do things and not how we are living pursuing and doing things according to God's word and his direction. So your conduct 
reflects your heart position. If you're having issues with living appropriately, check your heart. If you're having problems with serving appropriately, check your heart. Because your heart is where everything is established. So our desire is to operate in the power of faith that has brought us to salvation and then that will cause us to do the works that God calls good because of the inward change in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you that it is falling upon the good soil of our hearts. Father, that we will not become wrapped around the traditions of men and try to live this life in accordance to how they dictate, but that we will follow after the true spirit of your word and live your word appropriately so that you will be glorified. We thank you now, God, for this opportunity to glorify you and to live a life that reflects you and glorifies you in everything that we do. We thank you and honor you for it. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.